it's no secret that Christmas is, the atmosphere is really nothing but positive, joyful, peaceful, loving. Oh, there can be problems during the season. It can be, you can make it stressful, you know, you can, you can put pressure for certain reasons, but, um, but people generally look forward to the season. And it's interesting that it speaks all these wonderful good things, you know. And a lot of times when people think about religion, there's, I don't know, people can be afraid. People can feel pressured. People can feel not good enough. People can feel like they're on some long, hard journey or quest, some search. But in the season that focuses on Jesus, we're celebrating a fullness because we understand what we're celebrating is the fulfillment of a promise that had been made for thousands of years, and it actually happened. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9 that unto us a child is born and unto us a gift is given. And I said last week that this gift, when we look at it, what we want to, to, to be aware of that makes it so good for you, not just in this season, but in life, that what we're really talking about was a big number of things that are all wrapped up in Jesus. He is the gift that has everything, everything wrapped up in him. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, that God has given us every, every, every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. It's all in that gift. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says that God has given us everything. Somebody say everything. Everything. Everything that pertains to life and to godliness through Jesus Christ. And so what we're looking at, when we look at this gift, all I want to do briefly but very strongly is I want us to be aware of something. I want to say something in a way that, 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 that helps us to be aware of what we're really talking about here. It's nothing but good. Every blessing was wrapped up in him. Every promise that God ever made. And he made lots of exceeding great and precious promises. There's life, there's abundance, there's healing, there's favor. There's, it goes on and on and on. And the law and the prophets prophesied about it and spoke of this. The, the promise of the Spirit would come, that God would be with us, that we would be one with him. That he would, amen. I mean, some, they got one person loving what I'm saying here. You can go ahead and shout and clap. <laughs> And, and, uh, and, and the promise of the Spirit that he would be one with us and he would live with us. He would not be angry. He would not strive with man. And that's why the, the angels declared peace on earth now. And goodwill toward men. What we see is goodwill toward men. I want to uh, read from the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Because um, though it's not Luke chapter 2, which tells the wonderful Christmas story, it tells the purpose of it, the, God's reason and God's heart for it. Because in this package of Jesus, that I say, I, I, I promise you, everything that pertains to life is in this. Everything that we need, Freddie, uh, Frankie says this all the time, everything you need is in the house because Jesus is in the house. <laughs> huh? Because it's everything is wrapped up in him. And so when the father 
was making this promise. After man had fallen, after man had pulled away and man was separate from God and man was alone. Oh, any knowledge of God he had was a God that was not with him. It was a God outside of him, a God who might visit at times, a God that they might beseech and hopefully, you know, God would, 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 would hear. But that separation brought all the problems and all the pain and all the need and all the lack. And God was so good, he said, it's not going to be like that. I'm going to restore. I'm going to reconcile. So when we look at the life of Jesus, we see many things in this package. What was in him? What was the purpose? Why did he come and what did he do? The first thing I see is when I look at the life of Jesus... Even before he died, before he rose from the dead, this gift that was given to us that we could behold and we still look at it today in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. We still see the life of the son of God. And we see a life that reveals to us for the first time, really reveals to man the heart, the character the way and the attitude of the Father. He was the expressed image of God. Hebrews 10 says that while the Old Testament, while the law was a shadow of things to come, but not, it wasn't the very image of things, but Christ being the very image of the Father. He's, and, they, and, and people cried out and they said, well, show us the Father. We want to know what, what is he really like? Because we hear all kinds of things. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. And that helps even to this day because until you learn to rightly divide the Word of God, you don't understand. Because there's, there's Old Testament things where you'll see, you'll see vengeance and anger and things like that. And people misunderstanding. all kinds. And Jesus said, if you want to know, look at me. And we didn't see Jesus being vengeful. We, didn't, we saw him being nothing but loving, giving, and forgiving healing, restoring, and everywhere he went, in every situation, he brought the goodness of the Father, the kingdom of heaven, and the riches of his mercy and his grace to every single one. He says, you want to know, Daddy? Look at me. So first thing what we see is, in this gift, we see the revelation of the Father. We see how God really is through Jesus. No wonder he said, no man comes to the Father except by me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He revealed the Father to us. Number two, in his life, we see something else that was necessary, something else needful to us. The Father loved us so much, he put everything in this package of this one gift. And we see somebody whose life, by its perfection, by its sinlessness, was going to once and for all deal with this law problem we had, this legal problem we had, this sin and death problem problem we had, this knowledge of good and evil problem that we had, this, this, this problem that caused us all to fall short of the glory of God. We see a holy standard in the law that no man could fulfill. So in the life of this gift of Jesus, we see one man come to do all of that for us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that what the law could not do because we were too weak, our flesh was too weak, God did it for us by giving His Son 
in the same likeness of us, of our sinful flesh. And he condemned that sin for us. Eradicated the whole issue for us. So that the righteous requirement of that law that we read would be fulfilled in us. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with it. I came to complete it. I came to fulfill it once and for all for everybody. Now that's good news. So that the righteous requirement would be fulfilled for us. That's nothing but celebration. That means that the Bible is true when he says that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that God is not, God is not imputing the world's sins unto them. Good news. The heavenly host shouted, glory to God in the highest. Now on earth, peace. Why? Because God and sinner have been reconciled. A unity has happened. God and man can be together once again. Nothing but good news. We see in Jesus, we see that in the life of Jesus, we see no anger towards mankind. But what we see instead is that in his life and in who he was, it's revealed to us that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. And so we, what we see also in him is the greatest, highest, inexpressible love that could ever be imagined. He said there's no greater love than that a man lay down his life for his friends or those that he loves. So there again, we see the heart of the Father revealed. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. What we see in this gift is a gift so big and so powerful <clears throat> that those who are identified as sinners, those who are separated, and the law identified us all under sin, Those who were suffering under the curse and bondage of death and pain and sorrow and all else that entered in through that fall of mankind. What we see in this gift is that something we could never have imagined. Somehow, how could God ever make us right? How could God ever get us out of that? How could God ever change us? The law was given. Many tried it. It didn't change them. The standard was set. Nobody could attain it. So what in this gift, a gift was given to us that he would come and identify with us. He would come and because of his great love, which was big enough to do this, he would unite with us. He wouldn't demand that we come up and unite with him. He wouldn't demand that we come up and be like him or act like him or think like him. He wouldn't make any more demands on that. He was going to take care of this in a much bigger way. And while we were yet sinners, dead in trespasses and sins... He died for us. While we were dead, he died. He united with us in our death, in our loss.
a union was made. This is part of the gift. This is the gift. I just want everybody to understand how big it is and why it takes care of everything. A union was made. And Ephesians chapter, one t- uh, chapter 2 tells us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And he united with us. And the Bible says that and while we were dead in trespasses and sins, he also made us alive because when he was made alive, we were still united with him. And that's one thing he said. Here, another thing that came in this gift. He said, I came that you'd have abundant life. Life and life more abundantly. Not just a better little existence, but that I would give you something that you haven't had. This is in the gift that what mankind did not have before was going to be given in this gift that there is a life that's full of such heavens, full of such love, full of such power, full of such joy, full of such shalom, peace, that it would raise you up in abundance of life far above all the petty temporary things of this life that cause so much pain and heartache and bondage because they couldn't lift themselves up out of it. They've tried So what we couldn't do, a gift was given to do it for us. You see, as we focus on Christmas, on the gift that was given, what we're looking at is a gift that's bigger than we ever thought it was. There's a lot of a lot of us begging God to do something for us. And the table is set. The feast is there. And it's like a like a like a blind man begging for food when there's a feast set right before him. But God heals the blindness because in Christ, the veil over the eyes are removed. And this is how we can see the goodness of God. When the gospel is preached, the faith that comes by the hearing of the word, when good news is preached, Christmas is a wonderful time. People are speaking of good things. I, don't, I, love, I love what's probably going on in the pulpits everywhere. Even pulpits where people would have been, uh, some of them might have been bringing a bunch of bondage and, and, and condemnation and, and guilt at Uh, at people not measuring up at Christmas, at least it focuses on the gift that did it all for us. Hmm. We see in him being made alive with him, raised up with him. Something very powerful, it says, and we were made to sit with him in heavenly places. And we also are very much aware that he came to be a propitiation for our sins or a ransom for our sins. He came to be a perfect, spotless sacrifice according to Old Testament principles. He would be that, that by the shedding of his blood, there would be the remission of all of our sins. So that in this package, there is absolutely no guilt. I think it's a little bit shameful that some of us as ministers, and I've done it in my past, where I would try to use the things of God to bring guilt on people and pressure on people when the blood of Jesus was shed and he died on that cross. So it would remove every guilty stain that we ever had. Now that's nothing but good news. Someone says, but I'm, but I'm still a sinner, but I still repeat and I still... act out. I still sin. Think of how big this gift must be 
that the blood of Jesus would continually wash you from that sin, that there would still be no guilt. Because Jesus paid that price before you were ever born. So every drop of blood shed for sin was paid for future sins <laughs> that you would commit. <laughs> There's no guilt. In this package, where there would be no more fear. In fact, I was, I, was, I was reading early this morning. I woke up and I started reading my Bible and I was reading the Christmas story. And I started with that. And I, and I started noticing that with all the announcements, that when, when Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, was, you know, was at, the, at the temple and the angel appeared to him announcing that, that he was going to have a son, the first thing he said was, fear not. When Gabriel came to Mary, he said, fear not. When Mary had the baby, when the angel came to the, to the shepherds, they said, fear not. Everything was always, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Why? Because fear was not going to be necessary anymore. I bring to you good news, tidings of great joy. <laughs> and fear never happened until the fall of man. And what this great gift, this great package means is that the fall for us is no more. That has ended. We're no longer fallen man. The Bible is clear with that. He says he has blessed us with every spiritual blessings because we have been united with Christ. You will never be alone. You will never be, be separated from God. God sees you as one with him. So it's never God going to be against you. I don't care what you do or what you think or what goes on in all of it. That's why you always have him right there with you and on your side all the time. Because by his love and by his choice, he said, I want to be with you anyway. And when you get ugly, instead of condemning you for it, I want to be there with you for it. In this package is the greatest love that you've ever known, and it cannot be described. I'm feebly trying today to do that. In verse 4, it says, even before God made the world, God loved us. And he chose us in Christ that we would be holy and without fault in his eyes. That's in the package. How can I have any guilt or shame? Guilt and shame and fear is what came with the fall of man. And we hid because we were naked and we were ashamed. But he says, but God decided that in Christ he would do this thing and he would make us holy. How many believe God is holy? We stand in awe. We say, oh God, he's so holy. We used to think he was so holy he couldn't have anything to do with us. He is so holy he has everything to do. He is so perfect and so loved. And he says, I'm going, to do, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you the best package ever. I'm going to make you holy too. I'm going to make you without fault. We're celebrating the gift of Jesus because not in ourselves, in him, we're faultless today. We're blameless today. You're guiltless today. His love was bigger than all of your sins, your shortcomings, your flaws, your faults. Whether it was once or repeated, it's bigger than all that. Thanks be to God, the Bible says, for his unspeakable gift. For a gift so big and so good that I don't have words to accurately describe it. And it's unlimited. God decided, verse 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus. This gift. 
This is what he wanted to do, and it gave the Father great pleasure. That's another fear not. Remember, Jesus said, fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you this kingdom. Verse 6 says, so we praise God because of the glorious grace that he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace. Now, these words didn't come until Jesus revealed this stuff to us. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom. What's in the gift? Liberty. Perfect, absolute liberty. Not bondage, not sin bondage, nor religious bondage or any other kind of soulish inferiority bondages or anything else because in him we're loved, we're guiltless, we're blameless, we're holy, we're not without help. He's with us always. This is another thing in this gift that you will never have to be alone again. That whatever you're dealing with, you don't have to deal with this alone because you have somebody that cares and will always be there with you for it. Because through this gift, a union happened and you became one with him. He purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and he forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us and he has showered upon us all wisdom and understanding. What else do we get in this gift? We get this thing that was promised. This thing called the promise of the spirit that he would make us new creations, that he, would, he, he who is the spirit would live with us, and that spirit would always be with us, and it would always empower us. And that spirit would make the changes in our life necessary. And it would have this fruit that would start to develop, and it would change everything to bring us abundant life. And that fruit would be love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and kindness and patience and faith and self-control. The things that man had fallen short of in every area would be freely given to us. My peace I give to you. This gift, not only is it bigger than anything, but it has made us bigger than everything of this world. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And he said, there's tribulation in the world, but in me there's peace. And be of good cheer because I've overcome that whole world. Verse 9, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan, that at the right time he would bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. I'm, ta- I'm saying God is good. <laughs> Furthermore, because we are, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God because he chose us in advance And he makes everything work out according to his plan. And now you Gentiles have heard this truth. The good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. In this gift is the miraculous, powerful, divine, all-changing One called the Holy Spirit that lives in those who believe. 
that is received by those who believe. It makes the new creation. It's the born again experience. It's the, the salvation. It's the, it's behold, I'm making all things new. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is just believe the message. And when you believe it, what you are receiving is the very truth of this gift. We were talking to someone the other day and it says, you know, sometimes when I talk about where I came from and how I used to be before Jesus, some people think I'm making it up or trying to be a little, you know, spectacular about how bad I used to be and all that. I haven't told all of it. it you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe some of it. But people think, oh, Rick's just got a positive personality. He's just, he's just that kind of a person. And he, he just, he's, it's just his natural way of being and all that. And, and I've been changed by this Holy Spirit. I've been changed by a new life. This gift is what I, why I'm so excited about it, why my heart is filled with joy, why I'm excited about you, because this gift changes everything and it makes life heavenly. And at the age of 19, I had given up that on, on, on ever being happy in life. I didn't think anybody was or anybody could be. Didn't think life was worth living. Had checked out in my soul and in socially. And I'm, 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 I'm hanging out with the old zombies downtown sleeping under overpasses and parked cars. Selling blood plasma for $5 a pop so I can get a sandwich and a little pint. Selfish, greedy, lustful, angry, frustrated, hopeless. I love Christmas. It talks to me about the gift. And that gift has meant everything to me. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Let's stand up.